0: Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. wouldn't kill you. We play some competitive sports once in a while, would it? Oh, would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
1: Well, hey, good morning. Happy Sunday morning, everybody. 902. Mike Rashad and Preston with you today, all the way until 11 o'clock. We have a ton of football to get to on the show today because guess what? It's Championship Sunday. (sighs) This is... I mean, it's kind of the beginning of the end, but it's an awesome day. I love today.
2: <laughs> yeah, especially if you get a couple good games. You know, that's that definitely makes it much better. It's a lot easier of a transition out when, you know, you see a couple good games. So, I'll take it. I mean, we're hoping we're going to see a couple of good that's games. The, I mean, fingers crossed. I mean, considering the games we saw earlier in the year between these teams, like, I don't see why we wouldn't think we'd get a
1: good game. All three matchups that we saw with these teams involved, Patriots Chiefs, 43 40, I believe, Patriots winning on a game winning field goal after the Chiefs had tied the game late. Pass had a deep pass to Julian Edelman that set him up into field goal range, which got them the win. You had the 55 52 Monday night football game between the Chiefs and the Rams, which was the best game of the year, and you could not take your eyes off of it. And then the Saints beat the Rams in their first game at the Superdome, and it was actually more of a blowout until the end when the Rams kind of came back, but it still wound up being like a seven-point game at the end. I can't remember the final score of that one. So you've seen a lot of really, really good games between these two teams. It's perfect. It's no, perfect.
2: It's this is this is kind of the way you wanted to see it. And I'm just I'm just hoping you get a. I mean, maybe not a high-scoring game because you want to see some defense. You know, I, I mean, I feel like a. You don't want another 55-52? I mean, that's that's awesome, but that means there's no defensive pressure so, from anywhere. It's you know awesome they're great players on defense or, you know, or on, there's some great, they're individual uh, players that are great on defenses for really all the teams that are left. So yeah, I'd like to see some of those guys kind of show off all out Von Miller, you know, right. flexing on people like that would be, that would be kind of, but dope. would
1: you really be disappointed if you got 55, 56? No, would you really gonna... sit there at the end and go, man, I wish there was a little I more I mean, it's going to feel like
2: watching Oklahoma and, you know, and, and, and Baylor or something like that. Just, you know, two teams that are just going to put up also a fun. million points. Also fun. But
1: um,
3: imagine a 55-52 game in the snow. See, that's what we're going to get in Kansas. Like, in the Superdome, I could see that happening, but it, mm. if you get one of those 100-point games in the snow in Kansas City, that'd be awesome. They, oh, like You wouldn't be able to take your eyes that, off no, that.
2: No, no, that would be super fun to see, although... Something tells me we're not going to see that. In the no, it's getting
3: warmer in Kansas City. Well, yeah, it's ne-
2: it's 18 degrees. So well, it's not awesome. negative six. No, it's not negative <laughs> six, but you know, eight, 18 is definitely, you know, freezing. Especially if there's a wind chill. Like if there's any type of wind blowing, like that's going to suck. Yeah,
1: but they were they were describing the game as if it was going to be the Arctic blast of doom. We were going to get another ice bowl, and every day since that first report. It's been like, oh, it's getting warmer. Oh, it's getting warmer. Oh, it might even reach 30 at game it's time. It's going to be 45 degrees by the time 305 right. gets here. sun's going to be out even though it's nighttime. Just gonna, it's going to be a really weird thing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Look
1: at this great weather for this game. That's we were weird. really off. By the way, Preston Highfield here filling in for Jesse today. Yo. Uh, I wanted to get your NFL background. Who's your team? I don't even know. Oh. Uh, Actually, I think I do know, but let the listeners know.
3: The Cleveland Browns. No, I'm just kidding. Um. <laughs> The, uh, you know I've always been been kind of a, a guy who leans Seahawks I'm a Portland resident born and raised uh shout out so I've always been a, a fan of college sports uh and then the the blazers and just the NBA in general and tennis if you couldn't tell by the update I could tell. um but uh yeah you know I mean I lean Seahawks I've been to a, I've been to a decent amount of Seahawks games maybe five or ten over the years um but oh, I don't a decent I'm, amount. I'm not no, It's a very decent amount. I'm not yeah. passionate like overly passionate about um, I won certain NFL teams. So then, you're not a 12. No, I'm not a 12. I good. wouldn't put myself. And it's honestly nice. Way. Like I get, I and on Sundays. It's like, I'm not, I'm not stressed out about my team winning or losing. I'm just enjoying grown men playing at the highest level. See, like this is awesome. a good awesome. way to
2: feel about it too. You know, typically if your team loses on Sunday, the, the rest of your Sunday, especially if it's early, Team plays that ten o'clock game and you lose. Yeah. I don't give a damn about the rest of the day. I'm watching something else. So exactly. I'm, I'm frustrated.
3: No, see, I think that's. I think it's. It's a good way to go. And I've, you know, I've had different fans try to get me on the the Pats bandwagon or the Seahawks, like you know, full blown. But I, I, you know, I don't know. It's. It's a fun way to go. Just get a pizza and watch some football and don't get too stressed out. Uh, last week, when we were watching the Chargers
1: Patriots game in here, the Chargers tied the game seven seven, and Rashad went. I'm done. Not watching anymore. Turn the channel. He was so pissed, no. and they wound up winning right, listen, by 40 points. You are so spoiled. I'm
2: one of the, no. No, it's not that. Here's what it is. He is very. Spoiled. Whether I'm watching the Blazers or whether like when we're getting when we're losing or when so stupid stuff is happening, it's hard to watch. It's yeah. really tough for me to watch it. So I have to just turn the channel, and because otherwise I'm cussing at dudes that don't even know me, like and everything. <laughs> so I'm like, man, let me just go ahead and turn the channel.
3: That's what I was telling you. Is like I'll turn back, dude. I have a couple of Pat's friends. And they're all so spoiled. They're like, oh, dude, we're going to lose. We're, we're just going to lose. Like, there's no way we're going to win. And, and they're, they're in the AFC title game every year. And I have to hear it at, like before the Super Bowl. Oh, dude, we're going to lose. And they either win the Super Bowl or barely lose the Super Bowl. It's uh, Man, it's, you, you are spoiled, man. I don't, setting, I, uh,
1: your friends are setting themselves up to not be disappointed, whereas Rashad is setting himself up to be really frustrated when they lose because he is all cocky sniff over there. Pats are the best team ever. Which, I mean, they are, but I mean, not this year, I don't think.
2: I mean, not this year, but how dope would it be if they actually won? It would, the would be that it would
1: not no, be dope. No, yes, no, it would <laughs> not be dope. Nobody wants that except for you I guys. I put it in
2: everybody's face again, like, man, yes, I will, we, were, we were right again. Nobody
1: wants that except for Patriots fans. I've seen these images floating around the internet the last two weeks. It's, it's a picture of the U.S. in places rooting for the Chiefs, and last week it was places rooting for the Chargers, and it's the entire country for the Chargers or Chiefs. Yes. and yes. the little pocket in the Northeast you, and for the you, Patriots. And,
2: and guess what? I think that's exactly the way Bill Belichick and Tom Brady went. Now they have this huge chip on their shoulder. They are playing know, the
3: underdog card, which is strange. Which oh is, my Which goodness. is strange. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: But everybody hates you anyway. Like, why not?
3: When Brady gave that quote after their last game, that was like, "Well, yeah. no one, we suck, and no nobody one nobody believes thinks gonna in win. Us. Like yeah. we're, we're supposed to be it's the like, worst dude, team of, of the
2: four that are left. Like, okay, cool.
0: By like, the
3: way, quick, no pressure. Quick weather update. 22 degrees in Kansas City. I'm looking on on the NFL Network, and they got they have a big old tarp over the field, and uh, ah. the seats are not. There's no snow in the seats, so it's, it'll just be cold, no snow. That's what it's looking. Well,
1: like. Well, and what is it? It's it's like 11 a.m. there, so there's time for it to warm up too before it starts to drop for
3: the night. Yeah. night game as well. War, warm all the way up to 26.
1: Uh, text into the Better You Today text line throughout the show. Five five three zero five. By the way, if you'd like to interact with us, we're going to be spending a lot of time on these two games. Kind of diving, just deep into in each team, why we think they're going to win, why they could lose, some storylines based around them. You know, Andy Reid finally getting a chance to win that Super Bowl. The we've kind of already teased it a little bit, but the Patriots pulling the underdog card for absolutely no reason. The Sean McVay effect and getting Drew Brees a second Super Bowl. All that stuff can be talked about today when we dive into each of those teams. We are going to do our West Coast bias at 9:30. That's going to be when we start focusing on the Rams. And then uh, we're going to be doing the Hated or Love It, of course, a Preston edition today at 1030. And a winner gets to host the last segment. Also, we uh, if we got some time today in the show, uh, Rashad and I are going to pick a person, doesn't have to be a player, from each team. And talking about uh, the impact it could have on their legacy, their career, the image of them, whatever the case may be moving forward. So keep an ear out for that if we uh, can find some time to fit that into the show today. Uh, also, social media, at Lynch 27 on Twitter. Rashad's at TaylorMade503. Preston, what is your Twitter? handle? I am PC underscore Highfield. H-I-E? H-I-E Field. Okay. Uh, on Twitter. And then 1080 uh, fan is at 1080TheFan on Twitter as well. And that's where you can find the show, podcast it afterwards like you can every single week. Uh, before we get into the deep dive, though, are you feeling really bummed that this is the end? Like I, I said it before, it's the beginning of the end right now. The Super Bowl's in two weeks. Next week's the Pro Bowl and then, awesome. and then the Super Bowl the week after that. Awesome. Are you starting to feel that that sad feeling that you know that it's kind ending Kind
2: of, but not really because you, you, you know it's coming, you know, and you know once – especially once you get into – I think that's why the first week of the playoffs, the wild card, you know, week is so, you know, fun and important because you know this is about – this is towards the end. You know, it's like the last, you know, couple of days at camp where you know like, man – it right, is right around the corner, and we're all gonna leave. So you know we you're just you know, Exactly. Soon. So you're just enjoy- enjoying these last little bits of football that you get. So uh, wasn't a great wild card weekend, you know. So luckily last week was, I guess, better for some some of the winning teams. But hopefully you get a couple really good games this week. But no, I'm not so sad because uh, Blazers are in third place, baby. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, <laughs> oh, I mean, it's Blazers season. I mean, we well, yeah, I mean, lay mania, I mean, turn it up. You know. So I, at at the same time, like. You know, I'm I'm a big basketball nut. I'm really excited to go back to Sports Sunday and being able to, you know, talk about a, a multitude of sports. Mm, that is big, true.
1: We are three weeks away from you know, Sports Sunday making its glorious return.
2: Yes, yes, it is. Can't so, wait for
1: it to talk about college basketball.
2: Oh no, we're never going to talk. Yeah, about it. Mike. We're gonna Mike, talk about Mike can Duke.
3: bring his hot East Coast college yeah. basketball takes. Hot Syracuse level, we, Let's we're, go, baby. We, we
2: can talk about Syracuse. We can talk about. We Duke. beat
3: Duke on Monday.
2: Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. Did, did they really beat Duke on Monday? Yeah. Did they really? Yeah. I had no idea. That's yeah. awesome.
3: In good overtime. Job. Jim, uh, is uh, all uh, that
2: explains the, the 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 Syracuse shirt today. The,
3: Very well, good. No, I mean, it was just what was yeah, up. Yeah, right. Their coach the,
1: peed his pants. He did pee his pants. Coach peed his pants. Yeah, he, now, before you make fun of it, he is a cancer survivor, okay, prostate well, cancer. Th- so, apparently different. that's a thing that happens way if you different. survive prostate cancer. Oh, I didn't know that. I oh, feel so bad. How many, how many days have you made fun of him now? <laughs> Did you whoops. see whoops daisy. Yeah. whoops um, Daisy. No, apparently it's a thing where you just lose control when you're really stressed. And I, when you're in I overtime against the number one team in the country, I would imagine you'd be pretty stressed. I can so. imagine.
2: Well, yeah, shout out to the Orange. That's what's
1: up. Yeah, and they uh, they survived against Pitt yesterday. So looking look a little better than they did early in the season. So you know what? You are going to get some college basketball, whether Rashad really wants it or not. <laughs> yeah, as long
2: as we want to talk Pac-12 basketball, we should be <laughs> fine. Oh, my God. I'm, hey, not, I'm not, not
1: talking Pac-12 where basketball. Where would you even yeah. start with Pac-12 basketball? It's How bad. How okay, they <laughs> Let's start there.
2: Let's start how they can be better.
1: Ah, uh, but yeah, Blazers talk will be coming up. We will have uh, a lot—not really a lot of Blazers. We like the NBA on the show once we get to Sports Sunday, so we'll talk a lot about that and any other big news stories. The NFL offseason never ends. I'm—I'm uh, I'm curious to see what's going to happen. And I know Rashad's not the biggest baseball guy, but the—the the fact that the two biggest name free agents in years still haven't been signed and are being lowballed blows my mind. And uh, that could be talked about as well. We'll see if they—if they've signed by the end of the Super Bowl. So that'll all be coming up in a couple of weeks when we switch to sports Sunday, but we have to focus on some football today and let us start with the first game, which is saints Rams. And we'll start with the saints next segment. What is it going to take for new Orleans to win? And do you want to see the drew Brees second super bowl? Do you want to see that? Do you want, do you want to see him in the same light as, as a Peyton Manning, if you will, as a great quarterback who struggled in the playoffs frequently, but did get a couple of super bowl rings. That's coming up next here on football Sunday on the fan.
0: football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 the fan
1: 916 here diving into the conference championship games in the NFL we'll start with the first game it feels weird to me that the NFC game is the first one because to me that's the better game Uh, but I'll take it and Saints Rams is the matchup it's actually kind of interesting. Vegas basically thinks both these games are pick mm-hmm. They're giving the home team the that three-point home field advantage cushion. Right now, it's New Orleans minus three, Kansas City minus three as well in the other games. So Vegas thinks it's going to be really, really close, really tough to call. And let's start with the Saints, who are at home in this game. And I want to start with their offense. Because to me, it's been the biggest point of concern, in my opinion, since about three quarters of the way through the season. And it's an offense that was incredible for almost the entire regular season. It really was. Drew Brees to Michael Thomas was an amazing uh, connection. You had Alvin Kamara having another another season of his life. Mark Ingram came back from his suspension, also helped, and had some breakout games from some other of the wide receivers. You know, Drew Brees spreads the ball around to, like, 50 guys every single game. But since that Thursday night football game against the Cowboys – The Saints offense has not been as good. I think I mentioned this last week before the Eagles game. And once again, the offense just didn't look quite as explosive as we'd seen it look earlier in the year. And this was against an Eagles defense that kind of struggled at large portions of the the season. I just don't know what happened to the offense. Michael Thomas was great last week against the Eagles. He was fantastic, obviously. But it didn't seem like the running game was going the same way that it was during the year. And I'm not sure if it was the play calling or if it was the, the other receivers outside of Michael Thomas, but it felt like there was a constant lack of connection near the red zone with the saints. There was that one drive that was like an 18 play drive and they got the touchdown to the end. That was the best the saints offense had looked in a long time, minus the penalties they had on that drive. And I just, I don't know why this offense with such the, so much talent just
2: kind of hit that
1: wall against the Cowboys and
2: couldn't really recover. Uh, the Cowboys game surprised a lot of us. Let's just be real. Like nobody thought that they were gonna go in there and just kind of lay really an egg the, the the way that they did against against Dallas. Like we kind of all ten points, like where like that's what you that's what you scored. Oh, they like, looked terrible too. Drew Brees it was, looked they, awful. They did. They, they, they looked Drew Brees. You know, we talk a lot about Brady and everything, but Drew Brees looked old. You know, in that game, he looked like he couldn't really. Uh, sling the ball, but then they respond the next week with, with 28. It might all, all be it against the Buccaneers, but they came out the next week and, and, and put up 28, but then re- reverted back and put up 12. You know, so you could look at it a couple different well, ways. Well, putting up only
1: 28 against that Bucks defense is still kind of embarrassing. No, exactly. The same. I'm
2: saying, yeah, it's gets the Bucks, but, I mean, you still show that you're able to score. But then you come back and you play, you know, the Panthers, and you you only scored 12 points in there. You know, and it's just kind of like – You can look at it a couple ways. One, you can look at it as, man, the offense is just can't get the ball moving and uh, they're in trouble. Or you can look at it as, man, the defense is really keeping them in these games. And the defense is really a big reason why other teams aren't able to score, you know, as much as the the Saints are. because The Saints have, you know, a great offense, I think. But nobody really talks about any of the Saints players as being the best anything. Seriously, like when we everyone, when everybody talks about the best receivers, like has anybody brought up Michael Thomas's name? No, he's got the quietest great you know, season. You no, know. you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things like when we talk about the best running backs, whoever says Alvin Kamara, if you're talking fantasy stats, you know, he's, but it, they've got a bunch of guys on the offense, like, uh, okay, but Drew Brees is kind of what makes it go. And he's got, you know, 3,000 yards, what, almost 3,900 yards, which for Drew Brees, it's kind of a failure. You know, it's not the regular 5,000 yard season. That we're used to seeing. So yes, I think there's a little bit of of the team taking a step back, but also I think it's the team not relying so much on Drew Brees to put up points every week. Like it's been for the Saints, it's Drew Brees a bust. Like you, that's why he puts up five thousand yards a game. And now I think they're at a point that they're almost kind of like what they're doing with Tom Brady, is trying to protect him as he's getting older. He's still got skill, clearly. He's still capable, but he just he's not the gunslinger that he was five years ago and, you know, he's older now. So I think what they've done is they just tried to make it not tried to make him not work as hard when he's out there.
3: You know, what I think it's kind of nuts is Michael Thomas is the number one option by far with the saints. And, and maybe that's why, and you, know, you talk about those specific instances where, where they struggled against the Cowboys and the Panthers and all that. Like they, they struggled in those games, but I don't understand how he doesn't get double teamed every single play or bracketed with a safety over the top, however you want to phrase it. Like I know that they throw to Camara a lot out of the backfield, so that that's kind of their. That's basically their second receiver, if we're being honest. So it's a little bit uh, non-traditional in terms of like, okay, you're looking at receiver stats. Why isn't there a, a decent second receiver on the team? It's because it's the running back. But still, I would double Michael Thomas every single play. I mean, he if you take him out of the game or at least limit him, even limit him to like 75 yards, you're probably going to win that game well, against to, the Saints.
1: To Preston's point, I think the the side thing to that is the Saints have been known to spread it around to everybody. They've got like five tight ends on the roster that all catch touchdowns. Mm -hmm. I know Kirkwood is hurt now for this game. He was their second receiver last week, but they still have Traquan Smith. They've got other guys. If you double Michael Thomas, they'll spread the ball around and still, but it won't be as debilitating because Thomas is great. Uh, But since that Cowboys game, just to prove Preston's point, Michael Thomas targets eight against the Cowboys, 13 against the Buccaneers, nine against the Panthers and 13 against the Steelers. So he's dominating targets offensively and in the games, they didn't play well. He did not have that many yards against the the Cowboys. He only had 40 yards receiving against the Panthers. He only had 49, the bucks win and the Steelers win. He had 98 yards and 109 yards and a touchdown. Just looking across those games though. And I'm going to ignore the last week because they played all their bench guys. Teddy Bridgewater started. Um, the only game that Drew Brees played well in was the Steelers game. Drew Brees was held very, very much in check in the other games. We already mentioned the Cowboys game. We, he looked really bad in that one. In that Bucks win, 28-14, to 14, only threw for 200 yards, also threw a pick, only had six yards per, per attempt. Uh, against the Panthers, he only threw for 200 yards, five yards per attempt, no touchdowns, one interception. Uh, it's, it's something that needs to quickly fix itself because they're not going to beat the Rams if you get a Drew Brees 200 yards through the air performance. They're just not. It's yeah. not going to happen.
2: Yeah, I I agree. You know, there have been points where Drew and it's almost unfair because, like, like we said, he, we're so used to seeing him throw 5,500 yards, like to when he only throws 4,000. You're like, man, what's wrong with you? And what's wrong with your team? Drew Brees threw 32 touchdowns and five picks this year. Like he's still been phenomenal. Like I, we look at Patrick Mahomes and the fact that he's gonna win the MVP and the 50 touchdowns or 49. How many did you get? 50.
3: 50. Yeah. Yeah.
2: 50 touchdowns, which is phenomenal when Brady broke that record to become the most ever and here comes his first year guy do it so it's all the shine has kind of been taken off of him but he still had a great individual season is is it's not what we're used to seeing it's almost like Drew Brees has become a very very good game manager at this point and I think in his older age, like I think Tom Brady, you look at the touchdown numbers, they're down. He's become a very, very good game manager in his older age.
3: Mm -hmm. Also, the the Saints running game could be kind of a big key because I I don't know how you guys feel about this take, but I've heard it out there a lot like, oh, the Rams weren't really trying on defense this year. They're just a bunch of veterans that want to get to the postseason and then they'll start to try. But I'm kind of calling BS on that. I mean, they they gave up. I think they gave up the most rushing yards in the league this Mm -hmm. year. Uh, And then obviously you got that. You know, two-headed monster of Mark Ingram, uh, with those PEDs, and, uh, and then Alvin Kamara doing his thing. I mean, that that could uh, we might not even need to be breaking down the receiving game as much as we think we do. Maybe maybe they'll run it a lot it, today. I'm not sure how much
1: I buy into that either. But when you look at how good player-wise that Rams defense is, and you see how well they played last week mm-hmm. in their first playoff game, where you're like, oh right, you have Aqib Talib and Marcus Peters and Aaron Donald and Andama Sue and. Uh, all way more players than that that are just awesome, awesome defensive players. And you saw last week, Aaron Donald, I mean, if you haven't watched the Rams that much this year or not paid attention to them on defense, he is unblockable. No, he got double teamed do. constantly and made it through double teams almost every single time. I, I do think there is a little bit of truth to maybe they were just not in that full mindset yet. I don't think they performed very well, and I don't think it's because they weren't trying. I just think that now that they're in the playoffs, they realize, oh yeah, it's go time. Look at how special this team could be. Think about Ndama Kinsu, right? He's been in the in the league forever, and now he gets a chance to to win a Super Bowl. That of course he's going to try a little bit harder. Same thing for Aaron Donald. So, I I do think that it's a it's a question of whether or not the defense will play as well as it did last week, but. Um, in terms of the Saints running game, I still think you got to run it through Aaron Donald, and that's going to be really, really difficult. Just quickly, last week against the Eagles, you look at the stats and you go, wow, the Saints played great. How did they only score 20 points? And that's kind of the thing that I alluded to in the beginning of the segment where I went, even if they're performing well, they're kind of crumbling in the red zone or they're, or they're just not getting enough consistency because if you look at their drive chart last week, it's not an impressive pick, punt, punt, touchdown, punt, field goal. Touchdown, field goal, missed field goal, and a four-play drive at the end of the game. They're getting into the red zone a ton, and you're you're just not getting into the end zone. Because last week, if you look at the stats, Drew Brees played great. He had over 300 yards passing. The running game was working, but yet you only scored 20 points, and it took an interception by Nick Foles on an Alshon Jeffrey muffed catch to to seal that win for you. It's weird. It's there's something going on that's weird, and I I'd like to see that end because the Saints' offense is fun to watch when it's clicking on all cylinders and uh and yeah
2: I'd like to see that change. Well that's, that's the great same. thing and the uh, funny thing I know we got to go but is there a great defense still in the in the playoffs, you know, right now for any one of these teams? Chiefs no, Pats no, and Saints no, Rams I think, maybe? I
1: think the Rams have the best chance at being a great defense. Yeah,
2: the the Rams but they, they, got, they, the yeah, they they got all the guys. Yeah, they got all the guys. That's why. So and to,
1: and to to the Rams too and we'll talk about them next segment. Talib was hurt for a lot of the year. Uh he's back and healthy now and that's going to help them in the secondary as well. Yeah. So He's a great cornerback. All right, let's break. Coming up next, we'll switch gears to the West Coast bias with the Rams side of this game.
0: It's time for some West Coast flavor. Side. Left side! Yes, this is the center of the football universe. Don't oversell it. I'm not selling anything. Come on, stop milking it
2: i right in the air, my lungs, I'd
0: scream at you. This is West Coast Bias, an in depth look at the NFL's Western teams on Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080, The Fan.
1: Before we dive into the West Coast Bias here, Football Sunday with you till 11 o'clock on Championship Sunday. Just wanted, I realized we didn't get to this last segment. Just wanted to pose this question to you Is to it me or to them? To everybody. Okay. I mean, you you are sitting in front of me, so I'd like you to answer.
2: Okay, I just wasn't sure who we're talking to.
1: (laughs) I'm looking at you, Rashad.
2: (laughs) Make deep eye contact. There we go. Ready?
1: um, Is it important to you that Drew Brees win the second Super Bowl for his legacy as an all-time great? Does it it matter if he doesn't win this game and, and let's say he retires next year in two years or whatever and doesn't get that second Super Bowl win? Does it matter? Does it change the way you view him?
2: No. Um, now, mind you, I think a second one would make it undeniable that he's indeed one of the best that we've ever seen. Uh, an underside, like right now you look at the NFL and you have to be six foot three, six foot four. You've, gotta 215. you've got Baker to be two Don't tell Baker Mayfield that, you know, but then there are certain guys that just break the mold. Baker Mayfield's one of those guys that broke the mold. Steve Young was one of those guys that broke the mold and, Drew Brees not only broke the mold, man, he shattered it into pieces because he's got every record that Brady doesn't have. You know what I mean? Like every Brady has every record as far as winning, you know, most games, playoff games, win percentage, all that other stuff. You know what I mean? Super Bowls, one man. Drew Brees has every single quarterback record that you could want, and so the one Super Bowl, the fact that he's won one and beat the great Peyton Manning to get it, man, says speaks volumes you know about Drew Brees and his and his career a second one makes it undeniable so he doesn't need it because he has his accolades are through the roof and oh by the way I've got a Super Bowl championship and an MVP you know in the Super Bowl
3: yeah he's been so great for so long i mean i think the uh, the legacy talks when it comes to titles maybe matters a little bit more in basketball simply because there's only 5 players on the court when it, whereas in the NFL I mean it's it's such a team effort. like Peyton Manning's even admitted like Von Miller won us that Super Bowl I didn't win us that Super Bowl you know what I mean so like if well, you're going if you're going to judge if you're going to judge Peyton is better than Breeze because of the Super Bowl that basically Von Miller helped them win like I think that's I don't know I don't I, don't, I just think that Breeze has been so great for so long that he's just He's in that legendary category where if you want to put him above or below Peyton, I mean, whatever, you can have that conversation, but he's just an all-timer. And, and That's also, the way I, th- I see it. I
2: think it matters for 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 Drew Brees because I don't think he was never supposed to be great. You know, he was just supposed to be a really good quarterback in San Diego. He was never supposed well, to be. Well, he didn't
1: really live up to the hype in San Diego. He only became what he is when he got traded well, to, the, you know, to New he, Orleans he, after he, the injury.
2: He did have the, the year where they, that the San Diego did really, really well. Um, Schottenheimer was their uh was their, was their coach at that point. Drew Brees got comeback player of the year after going down with the big shoulder injury. So, man, at a point, man, like again, he was never supposed to be great. So the one Super Bowl and all the stats makes him great. You look at Peyton Manning, and he was supposed to be the number one pick in the draft. Yeah. And he was supposed to be the GOAT. And the fact that he only got really the one as the great player and then the other one kind of as a, a tag-along is like, uh, people kind of, they still look at Peyton as great, clearly, but I think the expectation was so much higher because I, of all the expectations that he had. If James Winston never wins a Super Bowl, never makes it to the playoff, like, I mean, clearly he won't. he won't. But, well, <laughs> I mean, who knows? who knows? He, he just got a, a hell of a head coach. So we'll see.
1: Uh, for me, I've always been a little curious as to why people kill quarterbacks for not winning Super Bowls. It's not like it's easy. I know Tom Brady makes it look like it's easy, but it's not. So you always see that talk like, oh, Look, Peyton before the Broncos won, he's only won one Super Bowl. He always loses in the playoffs. I mean, come on. First of all, Peyton Manning never had the greatest teams. He had good receivers with him for sure, but those defenses were never that great. And he was still able to win a Super Bowl, first of all, and get to the AFC title game constantly. It also doesn't help that he ran into Tom Brady and the Patriots almost every single year at some point in the playoffs. So I, I never view this... This look at titles as the end-all be-all for how you rank quarterbacks. Drew Brees is amazing. Drew Brees is one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and I'm super g- glad that I got to watch him play. And if he wins the second Super Bowl, I'm sure it helps the legacy in the eyes of some people. But to me, it doesn't affect it at all.
2: Football is such a different sport. Like basketball, one player, a la LeBron, Kobe, you know, whatever, they can change everything for you guys. They can carry you to a championship because you can play one-on-five. You can't play one on twenty-two. Like Drew Brees can't play defense. You know what I mean? So like, I don't. Ex- baseball as well, man. Name five better baseball players than Ken Griffey Jr. But the fact is, man, Griffey can't win a World hey, Series Bruce, on his Mickey own. Mano,
1: Lou Gehrig,
3: Ted Williams. Okay, well, I then Preston. Shout out 1929. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Preston, you name five people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? So that's that's kind of you know. Griffey couldn't do it on his own and Griffey's one of the best baseball players I've ever seen with my own two eyes. So it's just kind of one of those things, football and baseball are such different sports than basketball. This is one of those sports, the championships don't make everything. But so the fact that you have one already kind of puts you in a whole different
1: class, but people look at quarterbacks in such a different light too, because you're right that football, you can't just win as one person, but in the NFL and fans, they look at it as if you can, right? You're you're Tom Brady. You're going to win Super Bowls, right? People still criticize Dan Marino for never winning a Super Bowl. Uh-huh. And Dan Marino is one of the greatest quarterbacks
2: of all time. Yeah, you know why? He didn't have an Adam Vinatieri, and he didn't have yeah. a Rob Gronkowski and he didn't have a you, Heinz You know Moore, why? And he didn't have all these other guys around him to really help him. Dan Marino, again. Now, made- you, you want to know really why? Why is that? Laces out. Man, Finkel was his best chance. Ankle. Ray Finkel was, was Dan Marino's best chance. That's messed up, man. So, yes, that was – and he's probably the second best player that he's ever played with at In that a point. Jim
1: Carrey Ace Ventura movie, it was his best chance, yeah. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so that – just it's interesting because you, people always judge it on, on titles. And I get it. And, hell, even with the, the Michael LeBron conversation in the NBA, people always judge it on titles. But it's so hard to me to do that. It's just not fair. There's if so many other things that go yeah. into it. I think yeah. football wouldn't is impossible.
3: You, wouldn't you think of Drew Brees a, a little differently, though, if he had three titles? You no. know, what I mean, you wouldn't at all. No, because he's, he's I think, the same quarterback. I think quarterback. if he had three or four, like that's a lot, We're man. We're talking about think, him differently. I, We're I, I would think different. about him a little different. And, and I'm not saying it's completely fair. I'm kind of going against my own argument from a couple minutes ago. But I I feel like I would just naturally think about him differently if he had three or four. Well, I, that's but I kind of that's my point. Is I don't
1: view it that way, and I'm always confused when people do. I'm well not confused. I understand why people do it, but I I have trouble wrapping my mind around it because I just don't, I don't look at it like that. I look at how you play on the field. The title is a, is a bonus. And if right? we're being
2: honest, the Super Bowl just says that you won that game. It doesn't say you're the best team in the world. We've seen wild card teams like the New York Giants. Man, go man, eight and eight. No man, we can't or, uh, we can't lose. Another game, you know, starting the season like three and four or three and seven. We can't lose another game for the rest of the season. We have to run the board, you know, to, to win. The, were they the best team in the league? No, but the Patriots were the best team in the league with the best offense that we'd ever seen at that point, and they lost that game. So that means you played really, Thanks, really Rodney well Harrison. in that game. I don't want to talk about it, but there's this, this is, you know, I just get angry, and I don't want to do that today because I'm trying to be positive, but yeah.
1: But yeah, that's yeah, it. that's it. I was just you trying used- to bait you a little bit. No,
2: and you and it worked. Thank you so much, Lynch.
1: Um, that was our West Coast bias, by the way. Totally not the Rams talk. <laughs>
2: Definitely had nothing to do with the Rams. I was,
1: I was planning on making that a quick little tidbit, but it turned into a whole segment. But uh, that's uh, I will be I will be happy for Drew Brees if he won another Super Bowl. There's really no team that I'm rooting for out of these last four. Uh, I'm assuming Preston feels the same. I mean, Rashad, I know you're gonna root for your own team, but if you were unbiased and you weren't a fan of the Patriots, I, I'm not really rooting for any of these teams. I think all the matchups are going to be good. So if it's Drew Brees that wins and he wins another Super Bowl, great. Good for him. I'm I'm happy for him to win that other Super Bowl. It just doesn't change how I view him in his career. All right, coming up next, let's get to the Rams. The Sean McVay effect is in full force. Every single human being who's ever been friends with Sean McVay is now up for a head coaching job in the NFL because every NFL team is trying to catch the lightning in the bottle that the Rams caught when they hired McVay. And I don't think that you're going to be able to do that. And I'll tell you why next. This is Football Sunday on the Fan.
0: Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
1: All right, let's dive into the Rams before we run out of time in this hour talking about the Saints and Drew Brees. The Rams and the Sean McVay effect is the most fascinating thing to me. We talked about their defense a little bit earlier. It hasn't performed super well this year, but it has the players to be the best defense left in the playoffs. Their offense is unstoppable. Uh, it, it really, they have not had many games this year where they have not been able to put up points. And I think all the credit of that goes to Sean McVeigh. Jared Goff's had a good year, but I'm not sure Jared Goff is as good as he has played. I think he's playing really well because it's in a system that allows for the offense to, to succeed. And he has a ton of really good receivers. And, oh, by the way, the best running back in the NFL, Todd Gurley. So I think that helps. But what's really fascinating to me about the Rams is the off-the-field thing with Sean McVay. I guess it's kind of partially on the field. But the way that he has changed play calling in the NFL in such a quick fashion, its it blows my mind. Because he was the one who made it a 95% of plays thing – to run the wide receiver motion. And does he give the ball to the wide receiver on the the jet sweep every time? No, he does it three times a game, two times a game at most. But what he does is he creates doubt in the defense of what's coming. He runs the wide receiver motion. He runs play action off of that. He runs running plays off of that. He runs straight up passes off of that. He runs shotgun passes off of that, where it could be a forward flip to the wide receiver. And you do it just enough to create that doubt in the defense so that there's a little hesitation. And that's all you need in the NFL. A little hesitation and all of a sudden your guys are wide open. And what have you seen across the NFL, especially this year? Almost every single team is not running that wide receiver motion. Now, they're not doing it at the amount of times that the Rams do it. But almost every single team is pulling the same move because they found out that it worked. And now, with the open head coaching jobs, we're seeing every single person who has ever touched the arm of Sean McVay is in consideration for a head coaching job. Matt LaFleur, who was abysmal as the offensive coordinator of the Titans, who had previously coached under Sean McVay, just got the head coaching job of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Zach Taylor, who's the quarterback coach under Sean McVay right now, is going to be the head coach in uh, Cincinnati next year. He's a quarterback coach. He's been a quarterback coach for one year. There was a our Cliff Kingsbury in the press release. When the Cardinals hired Cliff Kingsbury, they said, good friend of Sean McVay. Seriously, they said something along those lines. And, yeah, he did consult with him for the preseason this year. Like, any single person who has ever been tied to Sean McVay is not for a job. But I think that's that's a fool's errand. I think Sean McVay is a very unique case of a spectacular head coach who has a brilliant offensive mind. And not every single person who works under him is a brilliant offensive mind who's going to be able to install the same offense. They, Sean McVay, does this thing where they get up to the line so quickly because the communication in the helmet of Jared Goff turns off at 15 seconds on the play play clock, and he talks to him until the 15th second, and even gives him audibles, Jared Goff audibles, before the play starts. That's why they're always up to the line. They don't always run a play immediately. But they're always sprinting up to the line, so there's 15 seconds of communication between McVay and Jared Goff. He is a wonderkind. He is a special, special coach, and he's what 32 years old, right? It's mm-hmm. it's insane what he's been able to do. He's a prodigy, but I think it's it's crazy that you're going to think that every other guy under him is going to be the same thing because they don't have the same memory that he does. You've seen him recite plays to a T from years ago when just given the time and the drive against what team. You you've seen. How he's been able to adjust mid-game offensively against all these these different defenses he's, he's seen all year. I don't think you're going to get that with other coaches. And so I, I think the Sean McVeigh effect is a special effect solely to him, and all these other teams should stop chasing it because it's not going to be the same.
2: Well, that's the hope is that kind of you find, like obviously you find the next wonder kid, but it's one of those birds of a feather type thing. You think that... Anybody that comes or that hangs out with McVay, you know, and kind of shares some type of similarity to him that he could be the next thing. You look at McVay, honestly, he's, he's what I think a lot of people want for a head coach and want for their quarterback, man. Here's a good-looking young guy who speaks the language and get, can get through to all these players. One of the most impressive things I saw from Sean McVay, and I think it was, I want to say it was like ESPN or NFL Films. I can't remember what it was. But he goes up to, uh, to Aaron Donald, and he's like, listen, I can't tell you how to play this position. Like, there's, nothing, there's, there's literally nothing I can coach you to do better than you already do it. Man, go out there and, and do your thing. We're going to put things around you to make it easy for you to do that. But really, I can't tell you how to go be greater than you already are that's the type of thing that a head coach a great head coach comes in to do they don't they don't they're not chip kelly and they come in and say you're going to run my system and this is how it's going to work and if you don't do it like this then here's the door and you let deshaun jackson go for no reason like word you know you you keep your impact players there by saying listen man i've <laughs> there's nothing i can tell you about being six foot two 290 pounds man you go out there, and you do what you do, and I'm going to put stuff around you to make sure that you can do it well. How's that sound? Mm-hmm. That's what a great head coach does. So it's not that he puts these receivers, Robert Woods, you're fast. Okay, we're going to throw you the ball a lot. Oh, why? Oh, what do you know? I got 2,000-yard receivers. How many other teams can say that they have 2,000-yard receivers on the same squad? Mm-hmm. And that's from Sean McVay so being smart and saying, you know what? Here are the weapons that I have. How am I going to use each of them, and not just use this one and this one uh, to to get the most out of them? How how do I put everything in there to get the most of my team? Jared Goff is uh, 4,600 yards this year. Jared Goff thirty two touchdowns, hell of a season. But oh, he's kind of a game manager, like Sean McVay. Kind of he he kind of blankets everything, like every so everything kind of it starts with him, and you talk about how great he is, and then it's like oh, but yeah, then Jared Goff is. He's pretty okay, too.
3: Watching the Rams play offense is crazy. Like, the the amount of... Mo- I swear, Goff doesn't even see these receivers in motion half the time because everyone's in motion the whole time. It's like everyone's running around. Cooks is running a different way. Woods is running a different way. I think going back to your question, though, Mike, it just depends on the situation with the franchise. Like, Aaron Rodgers probably had a say in that, and he was like, hey, man, I want someone who knows offense and who's good at coaching offense, so they bring in LaFleur with – So good that the Titans' offense was yeah, but the Titans so offense. great this year. Yeah, but Mariota's hand was like – he couldn't feel like three of his fingers the whole season. But, yeah, I agree. The Titans' offense was – Hey, Peyton Manning won a
1: Super Bowl like that. <laughs> yeah, he did.
3: <laughs> um, but, you know, I I think it just depends on the franchise. Like, the, the whole – This person's been in contact with Sean McVay. Therefore, they're going to be a great head coach. That is obviously a a preposterous storyline. People also forget that the Rams roster was incredibly stacked. And Jeff Fisher was just doing nothing with the offense for about eight years. Like they would beat this. Remember, they would beat the Seahawks like. 13 to 10 yep. because their roster was amazing, but their offense was terrible because of Jeff Fisher for the most part. I mean, Jeff Fisher even was about to ruin Jared Goff before McVay got there. So I think people also need to keep in mind. It's not, it's not just McVay like their entire roster is amazing.
1: The roster is dope. I do. I do feel like though, that McVay could bring this anywhere and have success. Maybe not the same level as the Rams. Cause you're right. The roster is awesome, but still maybe get to a playoff position with most teams in the NFL, just because he's, He's that good that, that's how strongly i feel about sean mcveigh um basically i have a giant football man crush on sean mcveigh i just he's so much fun to watch and i love he's so positive right he's kind of got that pete carroll positivity on the sideline where yeah. you see coaches they're always yelling and screaming but pete carroll's always chewing the gum good good job guys good job guys And you see sean mcveigh does a similar thing Yeah,
2: he's man he's young he's excited he gets it he's good looking like it's one of them things like it's like who doesn't want to play for his that? His girlfriend's dude. hot. You know what I'm saying? And his girlfriend's dating
1: an IG like, model. It's all like, good. It is an Instagram model, right? Oh yeah. So
2: so exactly. And he, he's he, he's just like us. He's just like the players. He dates Instagram models too. Like <laughs> I'm with you guys. He's like Mo Cheeks, but he's much better at what he does. You know what I'm saying? Maurice <laughs> Cheeks was kicking it with it, all the players, kicking it with the same shorties and everything like that. But he was geez. a terrible head coach. Man, now you have a thing that he's Mo Cheeks, but he's so much smarter and he has. Everybody in L.A. all of a sudden like, well, maybe this football thing here in L.A. could actually work. I'm like, yeah,
3: you think? Isn't it amazing <laughs> that Drew Brees is eight years older than Sean McVay? Yeah, that Isn't is it amazing nuts. that Sean
1: McVay has players in his team that are older than him. Yeah, just in
3: general. How do you think he got the respect? Of the law? I mean, well, when you win, you walk in and it's all good. He had his girl bring a home bunch of his her
2: homegirls and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, meet her. Her name is I Senna. think.
3: I think it <laughs> was <is> Jessica.
1: The. <laughs> That is probably something that has happened at some point. But I think it was the, the couple of veterans on the team, like Whitworth, the offensive lineman, yeah. I think he set the tone, like respect this guy to the rest of the young guys. And also, most of the team is younger than Sean McVay. So it doesn't it's not like that much of a of a stretch to say, oh, well, he's older and he's a good head coach, that they wouldn't respect him. But you're right, winning changes everything. If you prove that you can win, you'll have all the respect in the world from your players. I think one of the things, too, is you talk about all his prowess offensively, But you look at last week's game and how he basically went, okay, I know you guys are going to double-team receivers and try to stop the pass, so we're just going to run the ball down your throat, Cowboys. You have the best run defense in the NFL, and guess what? Prove it. We're going to tell you you don't. And they ran the ball for, what, almost 300 yards last week against a, a defense in the Cowboys at the week before against the Seahawks rush game, which had been really good this year, completely stopped them 100%. Again, I think it has to do with the doubt, right? You create doubt with the motion. You create this kind of, oh, they're going to run the ball. Well, of course they're going to run the ball. And if you, if you watch that game last week, first of all, C.J. Anderson looks like he's gained 100 pounds. I don't know what happened, but he's still a bowling ball of death. And the offensive line opens holes on every single play. It also helps, I think it was, the Rams. They said that that offensive line, every single starter has played every single snap this year. They haven't had an injury. That's crazy. Maybe not every snap, but they've all started – every single game they haven't had one injury this year so that that obviously helps as well so ram saints coming up first noon on fox so an hour after we're off the air what's your pick
2: uh man uh i, I love the saints off or excuse me the rams offense um i don't i don't know man i've I, I drew Brees, man on, on the other end and i'll be honest i think i'm pulling for drew Brees a little more than i'm pulling for the rams i feel like the rams are going to be in this position a lot I feel like the window's closing for the Saints. So for that reason, uh I'm going I'm going with the who that.
3: Houdat. Yeah, I definitely want the Chiefs in the in that second game. I don't care who wins this game though. Uh, but I'm going to go Houdat as well. I mean, just them at home uh in the playoffs. I, you always got to give the home team the yeah, edge. Uh especially with I mean Breeze I mean I'm sure he's I'm more hyped to win this one than ever as a 40-year-old. Who knows? This is probably it.
2: And that's one of the most underrated home field advantages is New Orleans in that dome. Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
3: I'm picking the Rams. Uh, I think you could
1: have predicted that with my with my huge man crush on Sean McVay and what I was saying last segment about, or two segments ago, about how the Saints offense just hasn't looked right to me. It hasn't looked the same as it did earlier in the year. I think, I mean, look, I'm. I'm this going to sound... Simple and and easy to say. I think it's going to be a really close, high-scoring game. Duh. But I think the Rams are going to have just that good of an offense to pull away and win this game by 7 to 10 points at the end. I know they're on the road. I know it's tough to play, and it's underrated, tough to play in New Orleans. But Sean McVay always has something. He always has something. And no matter what the situation, I think there's going to be a a chance for them to win. Plus, there's a little bit of that revenge factor, because they lost to the Saints earlier this year. And I'm sure they learned some tendencies from that game as well. All right. Let's break our number two. We've got hate it or love it at 1030. But we will start diving into the AFC game in the first couple of segments here. You want to start with the Pats or the Chiefs?
2: We can start. We, we talked a little Pats earlier. We, All right. We, yeah.
1: So we'll start with the Kansas City Chiefs next. <laughs> they can be the headliner. Well, they are the headliner. I'm just saying. Number one seed. This is Football Sunday on the fan.